Friday. I hope everyone has been having a great four-day school week so far, and if you would like to jump to a certain timestamp for certain topics of this week's episode, you can check out our social media post on our Instagram, which is at Show. This week, we'll be covering Tart News, the Winter Storm, and the firing of Gina Carano, the impeachment trial for Donald J. Trump, a rise of violence against Asian Americans, and the rates of vaccination distributions around the world. As always, we'd like to wrap up our episodes with some of our hot takes about the news this week, but if you'd like to just stay for the basic news coverage, you don't need to listen to that part. Yeah, and along with all of that, our episode's community feature will be an interview with Katie Wade and Ali Reyes about their Depop shop, um, which is called Dreamy Threads, that they recently started. And this episode was actually recorded on Wednesday, February 17th at 7.30 PST PM, 7.30 PM PST. Um, things may have changed since then, and we really encourage our listeners to stay updated with current events using other news outlets as well. Opinions shared in this episode so do not reflect the Tartan Shield as a whole, but are the opinions of Claire and I as co-hosts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so um, first we're going to cover some really brief Tartan news. Um, the first shameless plug goes out to the third issue of the Tartan Shield, um, which is like a digital newspaper that the Glendora Tartan Shield, which includes Claire and I, just came out with last week. And if you haven't checked it out already, just go to tartanshield.com or go to our Instagram page um, at Glendora Tartan Shield and go to the link in our bio and then the website will be there too. And within the third issue of the Tartan Shield, there's a story that Claire and I actually co-wrote together about the Capitol Hill riot. So, you know, another shameless plug to go check that out too. All right. And then Homecoming Princess and Princesses were announced. Congratulations to all who won. And I'm actually a little bit nervous about Homecoming Princess and Princesses stuff because that means we're going to be doing that in two years. And also, Mr. Bremer's Turn Talk is out for parents and students who will like a little newsletter type of recap for each week. And it should be in your inbox, and we hope you find the information that you're looking for. As you've probably heard, devastating winter storms have been raging almost across the country. And there's a temperature map going around on social media that shows a shocking image of the entire country covered in blue except for California and Florida. 31 people have died, and millions are still out of power, especially in Texas, where their entire power grade failed. Yeah, so this happened because Texas is the only state with an independent power grid in order to avoid federal regulations, and this should have been fine. However, um, however, one reason that Texas was not prepared to face this winter storm was the governor's kind of failure to acknowledge climate change and protect the state against this type of weather. Um, Their wind turbines and power plants were not built to function in this cold weather, and we really just are sending our best wishes to the people who are facing this devastating storm, and there are a lot of GoFundMes and Venmos circulating around social media right now, and we encourage everyone to donate what they can. On Wednesday, actress Gina Carano, who is most prominently known at her role as Cara Dune in The Mandalorian, was fired by Lucasfilms. And according to a statement from Lucasfilms, the company within the Disney that owns the Star Wars franchise, Carano was, quote, not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in in the future. And immediately on Twitter and within the community, many thought Corona has been wrongfully, quote, canceled for her political views since Corona is publicly a conservative. So was Corona actually fired for her political views? 
Kind of. Um, I think it's really important to make clear what those political views are and how we define a political view, quote unquote, in the context of this situation. A political view can be something as simple as, um, for example, I want to raise the GUSD mental health budget, or it can be as political as defunding the police, or it can be as political as segregation in the 1960s. So as you can see, like when we talk about judging someone on their political views, the term can get kind of complicated since our instant reaction is to be actually like opposed to judging or even firing someone for their political views. What what Gina Carano got fired for was a posting on Instagram of a repost that compared someone for their political views to the persecution of Jewish people during the Holocaust. Right, and in the past, Ms. Carano has also added the pronouns beep bop boop to her Twitter bio, which caused many people to see it as a mockery of people who list their pronouns, for example, like she, her, or they, them, or he, him. And she explained this by saying that this is to quote, expose the bullying mentality of the mob that has taken over the voices of many genuine causes. And Corona has also mocked the use of masks and the need for vac- vaccinations during the COVID pandemic by reposting images of Democratic leaders wearing ma- their masks as blindfolds to mock Democratic government leaders. Gina's firing brings up a lot of questions about about our culture today and how we view modern day conservatives and leftists at the more at the more radical ends of the political spectrum. Before her firing, many used the hashtag hashtag fire Gina Carano to protest her statements, while conservatives used the hashtag quote, cancel Disney Plus to protect her posts as a matter of free speech. As our country becomes more politically divided, it is really important to consider what we look at as, quote unquote, just an opinion or just a piece of information that might not really accurately reflect reality. But I'll be talking about why that is in my hot take later. Now on to Trump's impeachment. Last Saturday, the day before Valentine's Day, Trump was acquitted by the Senate for his second impeachment trial, which was on the basis for inciting this January 6th Capitol riot. Although some Republicans condemned Trump's action, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, only seven of them voted to convict Trump, not enough for the two-thirds needed to convict. This really didn't come as a shock since many Republicans either believed that Trump did not incite the violence or believed that it wasn't enough to be impeached. Although the former president was not convicted, he was impeached by the House twice, which is the first time that this has ever happened in history. Democrats were disappointed by their Republican colleagues, and the lead manager of the impeachment, Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland, said, quote, If that is not ground for conviction, if that is not a high crime and a misdemeanor against a republic in the United States of America, then nothing is, end quote. Democrats fear that if there was another incident that was impeachable, Congress wouldn't be able to act on it because of a past precedent that has been set for these types of offenses. Trump sent a statement claiming that it was a, quote, witch hunt and, quote, a historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun, end quote. The backlash for the seven senators who voted to convict Trump was immediate. Although two were not running for re-election and others were not up for re-election in 2022, they're facing repercussions from the GOP. One of them, Senator Sass from Nebraska, is facing censure resolution and angry constituents in his home state. Although the Trump era has come to an end and America is moving on, it's going to be interesting to see the fallout of his legacy for the next few years.
Since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, the Asian community, especially the elderly, have been targets for racist comments and even violent and deadly situations. In 2020, we saw a 115 increase in hate crimes against Asians in LA County and more than an 800% increase in New York City compared to 2019. About 10% of these hate crimes were targeted um, at elders, and most of these incidents were not highlighted on mainstream media. But in the past few weeks, more people are outspoken about the increase in Asian Pacific Islander hate, especially on social media. For sure. And many of those circulating Instagram posts and tweets highlighted just some of these violent attacks. And I want to give a little bit of trigger warning here because some of them were really graphic. For example, an elderly woman was called multiple racial slurs and shoved down to the ground by an unknown man in Queens. An elderly Filipino woman was assaulted in an unprovoked attack on a San Diego trolley. Two elderly Asian women were assaulted during separate attacks on an NYC subway. And there's just so many more out there. Asian businesses have also been targets for robberies even during the week of the Lunar New Year. However, hate crimes against the API community didn't really start with COVID. Yeah, sadly, Asians have been targets of discrimination for many years in the United States since the 1850s during the gold rush. Many of them heard of the opportunity to become wealthy, and while some did become wealthy, Asian workers were actually paid less than white workers, and the theory of, quote, yellow peril started, where a lot of um, racists just believe that Asians are a threat to Western society. This was followed by the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1882, and it was later repealed in 1943, thank God. But we also saw the Japanese internment camps during World War II. That was also a huge blow to the API community. Yeah, so that was a little brief history about discrimination against Asians in the U.S. And coming back to present, there are many ongoing efforts to protect the API community recently, And for example, hundreds of volunteers have already signed up to accompany older Asians walking around in Oakland's Chinatown, and activists from the Asian, Black, and Latino communities are holding an emergency rally in New York City in response to a string of violent racist acts against Asians. This week, a really popular infographic has been circulating our Instagram stories, and it reminds us to recognize our privilege as people from the United States when it comes to vaccines. And since um, global news in the United States has been relatively low due to American exceptionalism, just just kidding. I'm sure there are many things happening around the world right now that are worth covering, but this one just came to clear eyes mind because we really wanted to talk about like the truth of vaccine distribution and how the vaccines for COVID-19 will be distributed worldwide and, and the disparities that come with that. For sure. And an article by the Economist Intelligence shows that vaccines will be guaranteed to richer countries first after priority vaccines have been given meaning that those rich countries will get access to the corona vaccines much earlier than those poor countries. For wealthy countries like the United States and many countries in Europe, the coronavirus vaccine will be widely available by September of 2021 to March of 2022. And the map that has been circulating shows that many countries in Africa and in the Middle East won't get vaccinated until between April of 2022 and 2023. And this just highlighted the great disparity is larger due to the richer countries racing to acquire sufficient quantities and poor countries struggling to even secure funding for vaccine distribution. 
Yeah, for sure. It really makes us really like check our privilege when it comes to this, whenever we complain about not getting vaccines soon enough and stuff like that. But something else I also noticed while reading um, these many articles and this data about vaccine distribution was that you can kind of observe um, the competitiveness between certain countries like Russia and China, China over um, places like Eastern Europe over the battle of who's benefiting from sort of this vaccine diplomacy or who's benefiting from like the sales of these vaccines. So um, if you just take a look at Serbia, which is an Eastern European country, it is the eighth in the world right now in terms of the percentage of its population vaccinated. And that's ahead of any country in the European Union. And its citizens are mainly b- being given the Chinese vaccine called, um, I believe, Sinopharm over the Russian vaccine called Sputnik Other countries like the United Arab Emirates are also relying on Sinopharm vaccines right now, showing China's long-term influence due to its vaccine distribution. All this data is super interesting to read up on, and I really encourage everyone to learn a bit about foreign policy and foreign relations while also remembering all of our privilege when it comes to getting vaccinated this year. All right, um, welcome to the hot take section. So just a really quick reminder again that Claire and I will be sharing our hot takes about the news in this section and we're both openly very progressive people. So just, you know, brief reminder about that in case you don't want to hear any super hot opinionated takes. But I'm going to be going first and I'm going to, I just want to circle bit, um, circle back a bit, sorry, to the firing of Gina Carano. And I want to try my best to keep this short, but I have three really important main points that I want to consider. So number one is just that her statements about comparing being a Jewish person in the Holocaust and being um, and um, hating someone for their difference in political opinions is just flat out wrong, right? Um, when she's saying that people are being hated for their political opinion, she's obviously, you know, insinuating conservatives are being um, hated, hated for their political beliefs. And it's just it's just flat out wrong. Like, if you think about it, um, what happened during the Holocaust was a ethnic and religious minority of people were being ethnically cleansed and genocided against by the Nazi regime. Um, Republicans aren't being persecuted right now. Republicans aren't being, boy- their businesses aren't being boycotted. They're, um, they're not being killed on the streets. They're not being harassed on the streets. Um, harassment is very different from what a lot of mainstream conservatives talk about. Like, um, talking, uh, say, pointing out that this person's, um, shirt is having a racist symbol on it or offensive symbol on it is different from actual like physical harassment that Jewish people experienced during the Holocaust. And not only is this incredibly anti-Semitic, um, it's also that being Jewish isn't their political belief. They weren't being killed because of their political beliefs. They were being killed and persecuted because of their identity. That's a very different thing from what Gina is talking about. And I think this leads into my second point that like two, Disney just reserves the right to fire whoever doesn't represent their company correctly. If you think about it, it just makes sense, right? Such a successful company like Disney, I don't really get why they would want someone with such anti-Semitic remarks or such, someone who's spreading misinformation like what we talked about with the masks and stuff to be representing their company um someone's free speech i think americans have a actually clear i think like americans have a very 
twisted <laughs> ideology when it comes to free speech, I think we need to really look at actual censorship going on in certain countries, like censorship in a lot of countries in the global south or a lot of countries under dictatorial regimes in Africa or um, even the CCP in China, right? Like, that's actual censorship when you don't get a book deal or when you have your tweets um with a little exclamation point that are being fact-checked on twitter that isn't censorship right so that and that isn't like an infringement on free speech if we were living in a society that had like worker co-ops and like people could you know like unionize against um companies that have discriminatory discriminatory practices yeah i guess like disney's actresses and stuff they could unionize against disney but that's just not the system that we're living under right now and this isn't a free speech argument this is about whether or not disney wants someone who has said such remarks about um about jewish people and about mask wearing in the political climate that we're living in to be employed um by disney and then my third point is that Gina Carano is going to be fine. A lot of people are, like, talking about how she is not going to have a job and she's going to be poor and she's not going to be able to afford... For, like, Gina Carano is going to be fine. Like, I have really just no sort of... I just... I'm not concerned about her wealth. She's made... I, I'm sure she's made a lot of money from Disney already and a bunch of co- uh, conservative commentators who on average tend to be wealthier than leftist commentators have already hired her for... Like, Ben Shapiro, I think, has already hired Gina Carano for certain projects and the amount of media attention and, like, infamy that she has in her name will get her to places eventually. So, yeah. Um, that was my long rant about Gina Carano's firing. But what about you, Claire? What do you think about this week's news? All right, so I kind of want to do my hot take on Trump's impeachment, but also kind of circling back to Gina Carano. So starting with Trump's impeachment, I'm honestly still trying to wrap my head around on what the heck happened. You know, we started off 2021 thinking that, you know, COVID is finally going to be over, and then we have the Capitol riot clearly incited by Trump's words, you know, at um at the rally. And I think it's just crazy that and then here in February we only have seven seven Republican senators choosing to convict Trump when so many more have condemned his actions. You know, for example, we covered last episode that uh Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell have condemned Trump his actions and he has condemned again after um the impeachment votes and yet he voted he decided to vote against convicting him it's just very sad to see that republicans and sometimes democrats but in this case republicans that they would not follow through their words and actually take action um and say that they're either for something or against something that black and white politics is just very confusing and very toxic for America, especially in this case where you're either for Trump or you're against Trump. You're either with the GOP or against the GOP. I think this political climate is very toxic and it happens sometimes in Democratic Party too, but more in the Republican Party. And going off of that tangent, I just want to say that I think this is a very good time to reflect upon the political system in America, whereas we don't have major third parties competing against Republicans and Democrats. And I know the system is set up to only have two parties, but I think it is 
very the very time to consider of allowing third parties and having ranked choice voting so then third party can have a voice in our political system because we have the situation where it's either black or white you're either a democrat or a republican you're conservative or a progressive i think it's just very overall toxic to american people and toxic to the progress that we should be making as a country and we should be making as the so-called leader of the free world so i think this overall situation i think it should be a wake-up call there has been many in the past but the fact that this hasn't been a wake-up call i haven't seen any actions taken is kind of disappointing to me honestly as an immigrant who came here to see the free world to see the united states of america but um, that is kind of my hot take on trump's impeachment all right so moving on to gina corona i definitely agree with everything that um, crystal said i think disney is in every right to fire her not just because disney is a private company you know they can fire whoever they want um, but also because Corona has also gotten to the point where she might damage the reputation of Disney as a whole. And um, I think they have every right to protect their reputation and to make sure that um, no one singular actress or actor or employee is damaging the reputation of companies. So I think Disney is, is in the right to do that. Second, her statements are just um, flat out wrong. I think um, what she said is just very insensitive and not just that um, she has been you know claiming that it's free speech to do this many conservatives have also um, praised her for um, promoting free speech and uh, saying cancel Disney plus because they're censoring her but it's just crazy to think that a person has a platform and undermine the effects of Holocaust and also making fun of the LGBTQ community by putting her pronouns at beatbop group, that's just insensitive and inimaginable as a person with actual moralities and also a person with such a big platform, especially on Twitter, as an actress with so many following. And thinking that there's probably kids out there who look up to her, it's kind of just crazy to think that this is the type of thing that is still happening in America. However, I'm still for free speech, so I think you know, she has a right to say whatever she wants and Disney has a right to fire her. And also, um, going going off of a tangent, kind of, um, conservative commentators have also obviously praised her for um, promoting free speech and also has, you know, saying cancel Disney Plus because of censorship. And I think it is kind of ironic because Disney is not censoring her. Um, Disney is promoting their own free speech by making sure that their space is inclusive. Um, maybe Disney felt like Rano is a threat to their own free speech and their inclusive space. They feel a need to fire her to make sure that their space is inclusive. So kind of in conclusion, in my opinion, I think, first off, her statement's wrong and she is not being censored. She has every right to say whatever she wants. She still has a platform to do so. You know, conservative commentators have lended their platform to Corano, including Ben Shapiro. And in the end, I think, um, including with Trump's impeachment and the situation with Corano, I think it's just, we need, really need a reflection on who we are as America and what we want um, our legacy to be because currently, I don't really see a definitive future of where this whole thing is headed. And 
yeah, that's just my hot take on these two issues. All right, yeah, that was like a lot of news to cover this week. Um, Claire and I literally had to text each other a few minutes before um, we started recording today, and we were like, oh my gosh, we want to include this, like about the Texas winter storms, and we wanted to include stuff about the Asian um, hate crimes that have been going on. But yeah, that was a lot of serious, um, kind of dark stuff that we talked about today, and we wanted to lighten the mood up a little bit and talk about thrifting. So yeah, welcome to our little community segment where we interview people in the Glendora community, and today we're going to just be focusing on Dreamy Threads, which is a little depop shop that was started by Katie and Allie, who are both um, students at Glendora High School, and they were super nice to do an interview with us about their shop and answer some questions about thrifting, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed this little segment of our episode. All right, so hi Allie, hi Katie, hi. and hi Claire. Hi! And, um, Hi. So um, our first question for you is, when did you start Dreamy Threads and why did you start it? Um, so we pretty much started it a couple of weeks ago, but we thought about it like a few months ago. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, we kind of just texted each other saying like, hey, did you really want to start this like Depop shop? Um, and then we kind of just made the account and like thought up a name. But um yeah, we kind of just did it to get rid of, like, the clothes in our closet, and we were really inspired by these two girls we saw on YouTube um, kind of doing a similar thing. We are like, best friends, and, like, we were best friends, and we kind of just, like, mm-hmm. thought we could do the same thing. Yeah, I was, I was really inspired by them. I thought it was super cool that, like, it's an easy way to make money, and it's super, like, affordable. Um, and I had, I had originally had a Depop account, and, like, I thought it was really fun, and I really enjoyed, like, making money off of it. And so I thought, like, oh, like, do you want to start this with me, Katie? Like, it'd be a cool idea. And we were, like, texting at, like, 10 o'clock at night trying to figure <laughs> out a name. We were, like, looking through all these names. It took us, like, an hour and a half. I know. We were going to name it something about Twilight. <laughs> we, were gonna, we were thinking of all kinds of weird names. Yeah. And so we finally came upon Dreamy Threads. We thought it was a really cute name. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Wow, that's such an amazing story. And when did you guys start thrifting and how did you guys get into it? Um, so for me, at least, I've I've been thrifting since I was little. I didn't know it was called thrifting. I just knew it was like shopping at like secondhand stores. Um, and honestly, I just thought it was so fun. Like it's so fun to like look through the different clothes and like have so many options because I feel like if you look online or if you go to like, let's say like Urban Outfitters, there's only like one style of clothes, but for thrifting it's like all types of clothes from all across like the city and it's super cool I think um it's a really cool idea yeah I agree I also have been sort of thrifting since I was younger there was always this shop that my mom and I would go to that was just kind of a vintage shop um but it really I mean it became a pretty big thing in like middle school and like high school to like go thrifting with friends so like I guess that was also a time when I started to go to, like, places with people to, like, just shop to shop. Like, it wasn't like we were looking for something specific somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. I, I'm really glad that, like, thrifting has become more, like, mainstream and stuff. And speaking of, like, um, I know you mentioned that you used to thrift, both of you used to thrift when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming you have, like, a lot of experience with, like, different shops and stuff. So our third question for you is, where's your favorite place to thrift clothes? So the place that I went to the most when I was younger was Deluxe in Claremont. And it was because on Sundays, there was like this Claremont farmer's market that I would go to with my parents. 
and right next to it would be deluxe and so we just go in there and I'd pick out like something new like every few weekends that we would go and there's still some things from there that I got when I was like in fifth grade that I still keep in my closet um I mean other places like Melrose Trading Post is always fun that one's like trendy and cool a little expensive um yeah those are some of my favorite stores Allie do you have any yeah, so um, again, with Claremont, I'm absolutely in love with this place called um, Vintage Odyssey. It's right next to Pipple Mellow in the Claremont Village. Um, I love Pipple Mellow with all of my heart. Uh, and so every time I go there, I always tend to go next door. It's like a really cute little like vintage shop. And I think it's not necessarily thrifting, but it's like secondhand clothes. Um, so I definitely love going there. Um, like after I get like something to eat or I'm walking around Claremont Village and it's super sweet. Like they have a little dressing room and it's has a bunch of little like accessories and stuff. Um, so that's my favorite place to like shop for like clothes that are secondhand. Um, and just like Katie said, like Goodwill and like onto others in Glendora and onto others are like great places to um, thrift as well. Oh my gosh, wait, I'm just going to interrupt really quickly and say that Claire and I went to a Claremont summer camp together a few summers ago, and we would, like, walk from the colleges to the village, Mm -hmm. and I don't think, I think Claire remembers, but Mm -hmm. we had some really good memories at Deluxe, too, so so I'm really glad. I feel, I didn't even know they had, like, summer camps there, that's cool. I mean, it's so fun to, like, actually go shopping with friends, like, because, like, Deluxe, I used to just go with, like, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) But recently, like, I mean, like, in recent years, I've been able to go with friends and it's much more fun. No offense, mom. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Sorry for interrupting. Claire, if you want to ask a fourth question, go ahead. But we all we all stand a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really need to get into thrifting. Um, But our fourth question for you guys is, why do you guys think that thrifting has become so popular in our generation? Yeah, I agree, Ali. I would say, like, one reason that it became so popular especially with like our generation is that it can be like a mix of like all different styles because you can find so many different things at thrift stores or vintage shops and it just like adds to like the retro like thing that everyone's kind of into right now yeah for sure and our fifth question is what's your one thrifting tip that you share with the audience and both of you can answer if you want um I think my tip would be to like set a set a good time to go like you can't just like walk into a store and pick something out you know you can't look for something specific so it's like go in with like an open mind there was this conan gray video i don't know if you know conan gray but he made a thrifting video one time and i was obsessed with it like when i was in middle school or something and i would watch that all the time and i know he said go in with an open mind Yeah, that's so funny because um, another person that Katie has tipped me off on is Best Dressed, um, Ashley on YouTube and Instagram. She is so great. Love her aesthetic. (laughs) But she has talked about that and she said the same thing, like an open mind, but also like know what you want because you don't want to spend too much time there. Um, Know kind of like your aesthetic, but also like keep in mind that like you don't have to just stick to that. Um, You can go like to the guys section and look through those things like it's not gender roles or a social construct so it's not like you have to go to that but um I definitely think it's like super cool to like keep an open mind and like make sure that you're like shopping for just what like grabs your eye not just like what you think is in trend on trend yeah definitely (laughs) 
Yeah, that's super interesting. I really need that tip. And also my mom needs to stop aimlessly looking <laughs> at different clothes and really go in with that. Yeah. And then for our last question, if um, others listening to our podcast are interested in starting their own Depop shop, what tips do you have? Yeah, so my biggest tip is just to do it. Like, honestly, if I would have like overthought about everything that um, I would be like holding myself back from just starting a Depop shop, I would never have done it. And so I think just like for me, like I had like Katie as a motivator and like we got to we texted each other like I said at like 10 o'clock at night and we're like let's do this and so like just do it like yeah I totally agree with that um another tip I would probably say is like be ready for it to be a little slow especially in the beginning and and to just be like really nice like to be good sweet business people like not to rip anyone off like don't resell clothes you just bought at Goodwill or something just to be good sellers thank you so much ali and katie for coming to our show today and sharing all of your awesome thrifting tips and such like a cute little backstory of how you guys started your shop and stuff and um i'm just going to give like the last few seconds ali and katie if you guys want to plug your shop at and your instagram at go for it so yeah yeah, so on Instagram, we're Dreamy Thread Shop. Um, it's just a simple name. And then on Depop, we're Dreamy Threads. Um, so go follow us on that. And then my Instagram is Ali Reyes, A-L-L-Y, double Y, Reyes. And my Instagram is at kt.wade, W-A-D-E. Um, and you can find our Depop like in the link of our Instagram as well. And our Instagrams in the bio as well. Thank you all for coming. Yay! I had so much fun. Me too. The Crystal Clare Show is a podcast by the Glendora Tartan Shield at Glendora High School. It is hosted by Crystal Lodato and Claire Liu. Special thanks to everyone in our journalism class. This episode was produced and edited by Crystal and Claire. If you would like to check out the Tartan Shield stories and newspaper, you can head out to the website, which is tartanshield.com. Our Instagram page is at GHS Tartan Shield and our Twitter is at Tartan Shield. If you'd like to submit a topic that you'd like us as the Crystal Clear Show to cover or contact us in any way, you can fill out the Google form in the bio of our Instagram page. Our Instagram page is at Crystal Clear Show and we thank you all so much for listening to our episode this week and we'll see you next Friday at 8 a.m.